It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. If I talk really fast, it's because I'm trying to pick up the pace. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 11th, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. Of course, follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about the Magic's goal to increase their pace and play at a faster pace and what that means and what that really entails for the team and why that could be so important for this team's offense. We'll also talk a little bit about the World Cup effect and, and what the Magic believe they can get out of their four players who played in the World Cup and why they think that that is ultimately an advantage for them and why the numbers are not quite living up to that billing yet. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here from a local expert who knows their team best. Whether it's the Boston Celtics, Friday's opponent at the Amway Center, or the Philadelphia 76ers on Locked On Sixers, so Sunday's preseason opponent, you can find a Locked On Podcast for you. Check out all the great podcasts wherever you download podcasts today. Plus, you got Locked On NBA for a national perspective, Locked On Fantasy Basketball to get you set for your fantasy basketball season, as well as NFL, MLB, college, and NHL podcasts too. No matter who your team is in whatever sport, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Check it out today wherever you download podcasts, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. I'm going to talk real briefly here about the opponents the Magic are facing this weekend. It being still the preseason, I'm not super concerned about what the other teams are doing. Um, if you notice on my grades posts for uh, for Orlando Magic Daily, I'm not grading the other team and kind of evaluating their performance because, frankly, at this stage, everyone's looking to get different things. And I think at this stage of the preseason, this stage of the season, you're really focused on yourself. So 
you know, I think Steve Clifford is right that the, the teams that the Magic have scheduled for their preseason, including San Antonio, Detroit, and Atlanta, all provide a different challenge for Orlando, a good challenge for Orlando uh, in, in that respect. San Antonio with their consistency, Detroit with their size, uh, Atlanta with their offense and their and their ability to push the pace a little bit, Boston with their with their defensive acumen, Philadelphia with their defensive acumen, and Miami just kind of with their solid defensive acumen too. I, I do agree with with Coach Clifford that each of these opponents does give the Magic a different look and a different challenge and a different way to prepare themselves for the season. Especially these last three, I think, are just really solidly coached teams, and you know that they're going to play to a standard that, that's kind of above uh, the preseason almost. Um, I, I, I'm not so much concerned about them. I mean, I've, I've got the, the Hornets-Celtics game on right now from Sunday. Uh, it's not a whole lot to look at. You know, definitely guys still kind of getting themselves back into game shape and easing themselves back into the game. Um, Boston's still trying to figure themselves out, but that was their first preseason game. They haven't played since Sunday. Uh, and... You know, it looks very much like a first preseason game for both teams. So there's not a whole lot to draw from it there. Um, you know, Philadelphia will have Joel Embiid in Sunday's game. He will not play Friday. So that'll be good. That'll be a good test for Orlando to have Joel Embiid out there. And, and Philadelphia's a really interesting team. It'll be interesting to see them play, especially considering Markel Fultz will also be on the floor playing against his former team for the first time, at least in a preseason game. So I'm not going to be super concerned or super worried or, or kind of really looking too deeply into uh, into these preseason games or into preseason opponents. It's just not important. But I will say, and what I think we'll, we'll review Tuesday before we get into the uh, before we get into uh, the the end of the preseason as we come near the end of this pre- end of the preseason games. We will take a look at some of the takeaways that we do have from this team. I, I would say mostly that this team's defense has been really good, that, that there are some good things in the offense, but still plenty of weaknesses that this team has to resolve and, and things that we'll learn. And we'll draw those lessons out a little bit more next week. As for Friday and Sunday's games, it being a little bit deeper into the preseason, we've seen some knocks and, and injuries take, take effect uh, with this team. I would not expect the Magic to have their full complement of players. Uh, they gave Evan Fournier a rest day on Mon- on Wednesday. I would suspect Aaron Gordon will be held out on Friday because of the, the jaw issue, because of a, he got hit in the jaw in, in Wednesday's game against Atlanta. Wouldn't surprise me if we see other players held out. I'd like to see Wessel Wundu get back in at some point, but it's not clear when he's going to be back and healthy. Um, he's been dealing with a little, little issue um, but again, it's stuff that you probably play through during the regular season, but no reason to push it in the preseason. Orlando got a much-needed day off Thursday. Um, I, I think that part of the issues that we saw in Atlanta, offensively at least, was fatigue. Um, you know, I, I know no one wants to use fatigue or tired legs as an excuse, and their defense certainly played at a high enough level to give them to give themselves a win and 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 still look impressive despite the poor shooting. But I think the fact that they we're playing games really for the first time and kind of stacking those games up as, as close together as they were. I do think that there was a little bit of fatigue and, and I think there's still some some kinks to work out there. Uh, and, and so I think a day off from practice, a day off to kind of get their, their legs back under them uh, will help them a little bit play a little bit more the way we expect them to play 
uh, in Friday's game against Boston. But again, that's going to be a challenge. I don't think that's going to be an easy game by any stretch. Boston's got a lot of interesting players. Kemba Walker's always killed the Magic. Uh, you know, Carson Edwards is, is, is interesting and played very well in Sunday's game. Grant Williams uh, for for uh, the rookie out of Tennessee I was really impressive, I thought, as well. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's not so much important what they do. It's more important what the Magic do. And what the Magic do, what the Magic have been doing, has been focusing on pace. And I'll explain why that is so important to this team. But if you're going to go down the court, you got to go down the court in style. Well, maybe not on the court, but, but off the court, you got to do it in style. And Indochino is the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. Start your style upgrade now with $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter code LOCKEDON at checkout. Again, that's $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when you enter the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. For the longest time, not for the long, not for the longest time, but since since Steve Clifford took over as really, not even since Steve Clifford, really since this rebuild began, one of the big complaints that people have had about the Magic's offense has been its lack of pace. They're not a team that gets up and down the floor. They're not a team that runs fast breaks. They're, there's, as a team searched for an identity, everyone glommed onto this idea of a team pushing the tempo and getting out in transition as the way a young team is supposed to play. And yeah, it's kind of how a young team is supposed to play in a lot of ways. It's it's certainly a, a it's certainly a style. It's certainly a mindset. It, it's worked for Sacramento really well. It's worked for Denver really well in the past. Um, it's it's a piece of the puzzle. I don't think it's the full full picture. So. Don't bank all, don't, you know, don't put all your money on it. Under Steve Clifford last year, there was a lot of frustration, I think, that Orlando wasn't pushing the tempo a little bit more. That Orlando wasn't able to get up and down the court and and play at a tempo, it seemed, that would take advantage of a guy like Aaron Gordon, like Jonathan Isaac, long, rangy wings. And some would honestly argue that, you know, running their offense through Nikola Vucevic kind of stifled everyone. I, I'm not certain that's the case, but certainly a theory that's out there. Now, half-court offense doesn't go away. Half-court offense is still super important. That's what wins games in the playoffs. But if you go back and watch that playoff series against the Raptors, the Magic's half-court offense was pretty pretty poor. There's maybe some tentativeness, maybe some nerves, but Orlando still had a lot to work through, and their offensive identity really, really struggled to come through. In fact, I would argue for much of the season, Orlando's offensive identity struggled to come through. 
The reality is when Orlando made their 22-9 push, a big part of it was pace. A big part of what made them successful was they were playing quicker. They were getting out in transition more. They were getting easy baskets. They were using their defense to feed their offense. And Steve Clifford understands and recognizes this. Throughout the entire offseason, when he was asked what adjustments the Magic would make, one of the big ones he always mentioned was he wanted to see the team play with more pace. He wanted to see the team pick up the tempo a little bit and get out in transition. This is obviously easier said than done, perhaps, and Clifford is not one to abandon his defensive principles. He doesn't want guys taking risks or or going after steals unnecessarily. But he still wants guys to turn up the court quickly. Something they discovered late last year that worked really well for them. And it's not something that they want to change anytime soon. The numbers last year speak for themselves. Orlando was 24th in the league in pace at 98.7 possessions per 48 minutes. They were 25th in the league in fast break points at 10.8 fast break points per game. In those final 31 games of the season, the Magic made modest improvements. A 99.4 pace, possessions per 48 minutes, and 12.5 fast break points per game. Even just those modest improvements took the Magic from having a, or helped the Magic go from a bottom five offensive team into the middle tier. We're not talking about the Magic being offensive juggernauts here. We're just talking about the Magic kind of getting out in transition and getting easy baskets where they can. The results were obviously pretty good for the team when they did that. And the Magic putting an emphasis on picking up the pace helped them so much, whether it was Isaiah Briscoe or Michael Carter-Williams. And so now the strategy is to embrace that. And we're seeing it in the preseason a little bit. I don't have the numbers, but... You know, the Magic are playing at a faster pace. Through the first two preseason games, the Magic were at a 105.5 pace, possessions per 48 minutes. Still bottom half of the league in the preseason, but pace is up in the preseason because teams are kind of running ragged. But a 105.5 pace is pretty significant. More importantly... In the preseason through those first two games, the Magic had 19 fast break points per game. That's a pretty significant bump. And you can see how easily the op- the offense can operate when you're getting out in transition before the defense gets set. The Magic have pretty much given everyone outside of Nikola Vucevic the freedom to take the ball up court the minute they get the ball. It's rebound and go for the most part. These simple things can change the team a little bit. And honestly, I would say 
some of the Magic's offensive struggles so far this preseason. Some of the Magic's offensive struggles so far this preseason have been because they're trying to play at this faster pace. Orlando's transition offense has to be more efficient and clean. I think they've made some errors and some bad reads in transition. Just like on defense, that's been a problem. And so I think Orlando is right to make this move. I think there are clear benefits to doing this. But as a reminder, pace isn't just about possessions per 48 minutes. This is just what we can, this is just how we can measure it. That's what we call pace. And I think the Magic do mean they want to get up the floor quicker. So I, I think they do mean pace is an increase in number of possessions. But really it's also, I, I always remember Quinn Snyder talking about this because I've asked the Jazz, you know, about him about it. And, and the Jazz were always near the bottom of the league in pace and, and how they run their offense. And he would always say, pace is more about how quickly you initiate your offense and run through your offense, the intensity you run through your offense. So it's not just about fast break opportunities. The Magic got some fast break opportunities, no doubt about it. That's, that's part of this equation. The other part, though, is running through the offense efficiently and quickly with intensity. And I think we have seen that, too, in the preseason. Uh, the way the Magic have run their offense, there's a lot more motion, a lot more perimeter, a lot more five-out stuff, honestly. I think I think they're, they're saving Nikola Vucevic's post-ups for the regular season. I don't think they're, they're really using him the way they're going to use him in the regular season as much or completely. So, the Magic running through their stuff quicker, getting into their stuff quicker, initiating their offense quicker, obviously gives them the time to generate good looks. Fact of the matter is, this team's still going to struggle some in the half court. This team is still doesn't have that one guy that can take over a game. Marco Fultz has shown a great ability to drive into the lane and get def- get defenders to surround him and collapse the paint. That's really good. The Magic do need that. They still don't have that one guy, especially in that starting group. And so it's still going to take a lot of team efforts and ball movement and player movement to get guys open and get guys good shots. That's always a challenge. And so when you get into your stuff quicker, you have more opportunity to do that. Pace is going to be a theme we talk about all season long. It's honestly going to be the key to this offense. I would say, I would venture to guess, the Magic played their slowest paced game of the season against the Hawks, or the preseason against the Hawks on Wednesday. I would also venture to guess, venture to say that, you know, when you look back at the tape, when you watch that game again, the amount of player movement that you see would be much lower than what we saw against Detroit and what we saw against San Antonio. The Magic still have to play at a very high level for large chunks of the game. The margin for error is still that small.
And that's why pace is so important in every definition of the word. That's why pace is so important. And it's going to be something to keep an eye on throughout the rest of the preseason for sure and into the regular season. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Friday's matchup with the Boston Celtics will provide an interesting look at some things. An interesting look at, I suppose, uh, an interesting look at at players and how they respond to being back in the NBA. The Boston Celtics, like the Orlando Magic, had several players play in the FIBA World Cup. Kemba Walker, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, all played for Team USA. Four players on Team USA. Vincent Poirier played for France. They had a lot of players play at the World Cup. And there's two differing camps on this. You know, playing at the World Cup means you're, you're playing high-intensity games and you might come to camp a little more tired. Or, you're playing these high-intensity games, you come back to camp in shape, ready to play. You don't need to work yourself back into things. You don't need to, you don't need to get yourself up for, up for camp. You're ready to go. Two different schools of thought. Steve Clifford certainly because the Magic had four players in the World Cup, would probably say that he thinks it's an advantage to have guys ready to go in camp from the get-go, in shape, not having to do much. There is at least anecdotal evidence that players do come back and have good years, or at least years as good as they would otherwise. After all, Players are going to play. Just as likely, if injuries are concerned, they're just as likely to get injured playing a pickup game as they would at the World Cup. There's always the issue of fatigue. There are concerns about fatigue and, and wear and tear, but you know the NBA's done a good job kind of limiting that in some respect. They've reduced the number of back-to-backs. They've, reduced, they've tried to reduce the tra- amount of travel as much as they can. And so these players are in a better position to play these high-intensity games and get right back in to the NBA picture. The Orlando Magic obviously have four players who played in the World Cup. Evan Fournier, Alfaruk Aminu, Ken Birch, and Nikola Vucevic. They all, you know, did their thing to varying degrees, and they all, you know, played and are back in camp. Kind of putting a... a a bit of a kibosh on that whole World Cup advantage saying that they're ready to play and back in shape. All four have kind of struggled. Ken Burgess dealt with a little nagging injury that I don't think was related to the World Cup, so he hasn't played very much. He played in Wednesday's game at the end, including hitting a three-pointer. Nikola Vucevic has been okay, not overly impressive. 
He's not had a great touch around the, around the rim so far. Evan Fournier has played two games, has been okay. Not efficient, but okay. For sure, we're not seeing the Magic play completely the way they're going to play once the regular season begins. Shot distribution is not the way they're going to distribute shots in the regular season. And I think, honestly, some of the play calling that they're doing, they're not revealing the whole playbook in these preseason games. We're not seeing Nikola Vucevic post-ups. I think we're, we're not seeing a lot of the... I think the Magic are trying to work on specific things in these games, and they're not kind of showing the whole deck. I, I can't say that for sure, but but that's that's my gut feeling. And I think of the, the players that the Magic set, had play in the World Cup, those are the guys the Magic trust most to get themselves ready. Nikola Vucevic is getting perfectly fine shots to my eye. He's missing them. It's okay. I can live with that. I have no doubt that he will be ready when the regular season begins. I, I trust him to be ready. I trust that he knows how to get himself ready for these games. Same goes for Evan Fournier. Fournier's kind of meandered around the perimeter. He's, you know, made half of his three-pointers. Not many, of course, but I think he's two for four. But, you know, he's tried to drive a little bit, and, you know, it's been not super wild, but, you know, it's just... I trust him to be ready for the regular season and know how to get himself ready. So I, I don't worry about any of these guys. Whether that means them being in shape and, and it means that they can flip that switch a little bit easier, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying that there's a World Cup advantage. Frankly, I, I think that it's probably going to be neutral. I think that it doesn't matter if you play in the World Cup or not. There's no difference at the end of the day. You get yourself ready how you get yourself ready. I think that there might be some fatigue, and I think that's why you're seeing Evan Fournier sit. I wouldn't be surprised to see Nikola Vucevic sit one of these next two games. And I think that there's a bit of an adjustment, you know, after trading with the FIBA ball, which is a different basketball than the NBA ball, and preparing for the FIBA game, there is a bit of an adjustment to get back to the NBA style of play. I do think that that is part of the issue here, too and part of the struggle that the Magic are having. But again, I don't worry about those guys. I think they will be ready when the time comes. So is there a FIBA advantage? I'm not seeing one at this point. But I'm not saying I don't think there's a FIBA disadvantage either. The Magic are playing really well, and I think continuity has a lot more to do with that than anything else. But we'll see just whether this advantage plays out when the regular season begins and the team starts to get going. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts or your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr__md. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.